Hello, I'm Leroy Garcia, and this is Blue Rain Gallery Podcast. Today we have in our studio uh, Star Hardridge. Welcome, Star. This is your second time around. <laughs> it's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> it is uh, mutual, mutual. Uh, I've, I've been a fan of your work since I saw it uh, in the beginning, and uh, you have been developing and growing, and uh, very proud of you. Um, a lot of work, a lot of effort, and experimentations. Uh, I can see coming out. Um, today I wanted to talk about some of the things we were, before we started this podcast, we were talking about some of the, the roots of the imagery that you're, that you're uh, working with. And so I thought it would be cool, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, I picked four paintings that we can cover. And we can go talk however you want, laterally, <laughs> wherever you want to go with this. Uh, but let's start with this uh, Madre Sagrada. And that's, an, that's a nice word, Spanish. Yes, yes. Um, yes, the sacred mother and, you know, I am a twin and, uh, this is sort of paying tribute to my own mother and, uh, and my twin brother. And this is sort of a continuation of a story that I've been kind of developing through some of the imagery that I've painted in the past with the blue deer. And, and you know, the first image is you see the doe out, you know, sort of bounding around in the wilderness. And then in another painting, she's, she's, um, being chased by a, by a buck. And in here, she's she's given birth to these these twin fawns, and um, they're continuing their life together. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the reference where the where the blue deer started, because we we're we we're talking about the you know Pop Chili and uh, Woody Crumbo and you know people from the Oklahoma cultures. But where's the inspiration for the blue deer come from? Um, the Huichol people in uh, Sierra Madres in, in, in Mexico, they're the indigenous Mexican uh, people down, down in uh, that area. And uh, they're, they're known for uh, their yarn paintings and um, their extensive uh, beadwork um, and their effigies. They, they um, apply uh, uh, small, tiny, minuscule beads to uh, wax effigies and um, really exciting colors. Um, they're peyoteists. And uh, a lot of uh, the uh, the imagery comes from their experiences. And um, so, peyoteist um, meaning the the religion of u- using peyote. Yes, it's their it's spiritual. It's their sacrament, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they they go on sort of a yearly pilgrimage um, to uh, to go find their their sacrament. And I, th- I think some of the men uh, carry along um, uh, bows symbolically, looking for the blue deer, which is sort of their their spiritual guide. And, uh, and you know one of their, their great deities in their their religion, and um, yeah. So and in this image, um, where you see birds and in, in the blue deer, um, I, what I've been told uh, by a, a Weechal descendant um, that uh, there's a story about a double-headed eagle that comes down to help the blue deer actually raise the sun. So it's a part of their creation stories. And uh, he said that anytime you you uh, see like the blue deer with the, the sort of birds, it sort of symbolizes this 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 action. And uh, so I, I felt it important to to bring these these images together and uh, create sort of a spiritually charged image. And uh, and and also I'm giving a nod to those Oklahoma flat painters that I was so influenced by as a child. Um, you see the sort of uh, the, uh, the our state bird, the uh, scissor tail flycatcher, you know, that's sort of a. Uh, that's what you have here um, in the corners. Um, yes, this is sort of a modern approach to represent those those uh, those birds, and um, yeah, just uh, I wanted to bring in sort of this sort of sunburst color coming in the background, sort of illuminate the blue deer. 
Man, it's a beautiful painting. I like the graduation of uh, the colors of uh, dark blue down to the turquoise. Um, really, a lot of thought in here. It seems like a powerful painting. Um, I like the reference to your brother. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, he's he's very special to me. He's also um, my you know he's, he's complete opposite. He's a you know president of a mortgage bank and uh, he's very business minded, but uh, one of my biggest collectors. He's, <laughs> I've known him for 40, 48 years, and he's he's always been been able to pick you know some of my best pieces. Well, I think that's wonderful. That it's kind of a tribute piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to both to my my, my family and uh, also to pay honor to. Um, all these these uh, art influences that have been uh, very powerfully, um, uh, you know, uh, injected into my work over the years. You know, uh, because with that, without them, I would I would not be where I'm at. So I, st I stand on the shoulder of giants. I like yeah. to say. <laughs> well, I like the conversation we had with another artist prior to you here, and talking about the the trade routes amongst the native peoples and the the influences. So you you definitely had trading from uh, Mesoamerican cultures into um, the southwest, the southeast uh, corridors, and even onto the, the top part of the United States, uh, where we're sharing imagery or processes or figures or whatever it is. Um, you know, we're uh, when I think about like Chaco Canyon, we're talking about you know they found parrot feathers and you know stuff from definitely Mexico in there, and we know that those were uh, a major trade center of turquoise. But that turquoise scattered throughout the world pretty good as far as the New World. Um, via those uh, corridors. So that's interesting. Um, let's talk about the wild horses, the high country. Yeah, the wild horses, high country. This is, and I, I go back and forth um, from um, really tight imagery, like the blue deer painting, uh, to more abstract forms where I can sort of uh, branch out and uh, do um, more improvisational things uh, as far as the uh, the composition and, and the colorways. Um, because I can't really plan it out. It's like a little mind game that I have to play a little chess with colors. Um, I don't know how Navajo weavers do it, but you you almost have to do it as you go in sort of a meditated, meditative uh, really have mindset. Pre-plan pre it in advance. You, you have to see it in your head or just you know really improvise with with the feeling that you're, you're getting and make things you know, reverberate off each other. Well, especially when I'm looking at, at these type of abstraction uh, paintings, that there's, to map that out and you're doing it, and that, that must be a major challenge. Well, the, the challenge is, is that, okay, with, with conventional painting, people can try out different under underpaintings and, and layer things and paint over things if they don't like it. But for me, I have to commit with every single dot. There is a commitment to um, that, you know, where where I put things down, and um, it's kind of like a one shot deal. And so I have to really, really. There's a there's a certain amount of faith that you have to have when you're doing work like this, and uh, really be tuned in to the the images that you're painting, um, because I can't really go back and go over things um, because I'm painting in fields fields of color. So I really have to commit to. Um, to the decisions, I have to make permanent decisions about what I'm doing, and uh, I do a lot of praying, you know, and and really kind of get into, um, I don't know, just a, a extremely focused mindset when I'm doing this, you know. Well, for 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 our audience who who may be coming into uh, realizing your work right now, uh, they may not know from seeing a, a digital picture. 
His style is very uh, pointillistic. It's reminiscent of beadwork. And so it, it does take a lot of thought, uh, like a weaver, uh, pre-planning, not necessarily with a, a pre-drawing in, in the mix, is going, uh, developing as he's going along. Uh, how would you describe your style? Is it pointillistic or? Yes, this is, this is a pointillism in its purest form. Now, I did travel to Europe, so I was uh, influenced by the European pointillist painters, uh, George Seurat and uh, uh, Seignac and, uh, and several others that were painting in the, in the late 1800s, as well as Monet, because I, I consider some of his stuff pointillistic too. And basically, they used a, sort of a scientific approach where they were laying down uh, pure points of color and then when you drew back away from it, your eyes optically mixed those colors. And so you would get different variations of, of purples or greens from the primary colors that were put in close proximity. And, uh, you know, there's also the aspect of, you know, the, the influences of the southeastern bead workers and uh, bead workers of, of the southern plains where they were working in, in fields of color and they, they weren't really approaching it like that. It was more solid colors applications, um, but um, it's pointillistic in, in, the, in, the, in the fact that they were putting down one bead at a time. To me, it's three-dimensional painting is what they, they were doing because they're just as much of, of painters as, 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 um, as you know, painters are. You know, it's just a different form. Um, and I, I, take, I draw from um, both of those, those art forms. Yeah, well, it's definitely a very unique work. Uh, when I think about Blue Rain and how we've grown, it's because we've found people that are innovative and refined, and you match that in so many ways. This is the way of Native people. They've been forced to innovate their entire lives. You know, since the, the dawn of time, uh, what they had to work with is, is what they had, and they had to, to use uh, the, you know, their skills and uh, to deal with the elements and survival and uh, to use new materials that were introduced to them over time by, by uh, the colonials. And uh, that's, that's one of the great things about native art is it's constantly evolving and um, they're, they're being influenced by other native people and the world around them. And, you know, they trade ideas and uh, it's just sort of an ever evolving uh, way. And, my painting is just an extension of, of that of that, that history. What created what where did you derive the inspiration for doing this in an abstract way? For the the horse painting? Yeah, for the horse painting. Well my, my initial inspiration I was thinking about um, young artists that I've been following uh, or actually knew in the Santa Fe area and that sort of young energy and how they sort of um, gather together and, and get fresh ideas and uh, it's basically um, reminiscent of my old art school days uh, just being around like-minded people that were you know innovating themselves and uh, you, you take a little bit here you borrow there and eventually you know you develop your own recipe for what you're gonna do and um, that is uh, just the way kind of I approach that painting I, and it, it it really starts with the drawing. Um, the drawing for that painting is actually over 10 years old and I still have that. It was, I did it during a time when I was um, working for a, a conservation firm on the East Coast. I actually been sent to the uh, United States Capitol building to do some trompe work and uh, which was very tedious and time consuming. And at night I would do these really crazy abstract drawings to kind of 
have a cathartic release uh, from the constraints of that work. And I held on to those drawings, some of the drawings I sold, but they um, later they became blueprints um, for some of the other paintings, uh, not only that painting, but the painting behind us. Um, so uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, those paintings came from older drawings. And it, it, so you know, you're talking about the uh, shapeshifter? The shapeshifter, yes. That's, that's, that's one of the ones I had still had the original drawing for that. And so um, I reproduced the drawing. So is there shapeshifters in, in your culture, like there is like in the Navajo culture? Uh, similar. I think most tribes have sort of a version of, of shapeshifters. In, in, in uh, the southeastern culture, they have something called uh, Dear Lady or Dear Woman. And these are stories that I'd hear uh, uh, earlier in life, you know, and uh, Dear Woman was sort of a sort of a transformer or a trickster, you know, and uh, she would go to the stomp dances at night and try to lure men away from... Uh, you know, into the darkness and, like and a siren. And, and, well, yeah, <laughs> like a siren. And there's a there's a, and and eventually when they gave in, um, she would end up stomping them to death with her hooked hooked feet. And so there was a sort of a, a moral tale behind the story that you know, she would only mess with with bad men with bad intentions. So uh, you know, you you live a good righteous life. You have good thoughts, good words, and good actions. You will never run into to the <laughs> dear lady. <laughs> I don't want to meet that lady. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, let's talk about this last one before we talk about some other things. Return of the Stranger. Return of the Stranger. Um, well, this is sort of a, a character, I guess, that I had starred several years ago, and I was sort of superimposing uh, this sort of... Well, in this one, there, it's influenced by peyote stitch. It's in, influenced by seminal patchwork, uh, ribbon work, uh, from the southeastern uh, ribbon dresses and ribbon shirts, um, but this was sort of an evolved painting. Um, I did a painting of um, of a friend that had passed about a year or so ago, of uh, this man looking into the distance, looking over yonder, um, traveling to places that he had never been because he'd been freed from his earthly bonds. And to me, this is sort of an extension of that story um, where um, the idea of that person or the spirit or the soul, you know, still comes back to visit, visit me from time to time and his loved ones and uh, that, that, that our loved ones are never too far away from us. I feel like they're still with us, looking over us and guiding us. And uh, it's just about um, people that we lost can sometimes come back to us in mysterious ways. Um, I, I believe in that. I, I lost my sister when she was 27. That was almost 24 years ago. And there's essence of things I see that pop up that remind me of her in her life. And I take that as her presence. Kind of the same thing. No? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I think that's cool. So Star hasn't been with Lorraine uh, for this last year pretty much. Uh, what have you been up to? Tell us. What's been going on? Well, we, we, did, we did the show last year and... Uh, did pretty well, but right after that, I, my schedule just got filled up with a lot of private commissions. One of the one of the big projects that I did uh, was I, I got commissioned by the Oklahoma Arts Council um, to do a portrait of, of Chief Wilma Mankiller, um, who was uh, the the, uh, the only and first female chief to be elected to uh, an indigenous tribe in the Cherokee Nation. And uh, she was an extraordinary woman. She, she accomplished a lot for her tribe. Um, she developed uh, a lot of uh, clinics uh, for her people and um, developed uh, 
early Head Start programs for children and adult education programs. Uh, she developed a lot of infrastructure for her people um, uh, and increased the, the revenue of the tribe a, a great deal. And I think uh, the population of the Cherokee Nation like more than doubled uh, during her term. So she's an extraordinary woman, and um, it was a great honor to paint her portrait, which now hangs in the, uh, the permanent collection of the Oklahoma State Capitol building. So that was a, just a just incredible honor, and I plan on taking my kids there uh, this summer so they can see see the work there and also see the work that uh, um, their mother and I uh, completed at, um, at, oh, at, yeah, at IFAM, yeah, or yeah, at, at the uh, First Americans Art Museum in Oklahoma City. So there's there's actually. Uh, several institutions there in Oklahoma City that, that have my work. Uh, the uh, First Americans Art Museum, State Capitol Building. Um, there, uh, there's there's a, a couple of pieces in the uh, National uh, Cowboy uh, Museum and uh, Western Heritage Museum. And uh, I did a, uh, there was a commission for the Seminole Nation Museum. And uh, also my tribe, the Muscogee Creek Nation, uh, implored me to do uh, some some large scale murals and I, I hadn't done any murals in probably six years. And, uh, this was for a new hospital in Tulsa. That's the, uh, the, uh, council Oak, uh, healthcare center. And, uh, these murals were eight feet high and 22 feet long. I did two of them. And then there was another one that was eight feet high and four feet wide. And uh, they were all done with a brush, you know, so I, I still so was on point to this. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, yeah. And I, I, I mean, this was great. This was definitely a cathartic release where I could uh, go big with the brush. And I'm still still uh, very proficient with the brush. Um, it's always there. Uh, anytime that I want to pick it up, I can I can paint just as well with the brush. Um, definitely a lot quicker. Um, but I'm able to express myself um, in in more I have uh, I, I just have more to my disposal there's only so much that I can do and I'm limited uh as far as rendering with with this this technique and I, I think I can do a lot more with uh the conventional style of painting well I think the reason I wanted you to talk about this is that the importance of your career tra trajectory and um once you start getting these museums that that says a lot um about you star and your talent and your contribution uh, to your tribe and to the native peoples of that area. And uh, the innovation of style that you've created in painting. Uh, we're very proud of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you for coming today. Um, I'd like to encourage everybody to uh, subscribe to our podcast. We're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, any platform that you're comfortable with. Uh, I also like to encourage you to bring art with you into your everyday life by going to blueringprintshop.com. Thank you, Star. Thank you. <laughs>